Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Many years ago, too many that I don't want to tell you how long ago it was, I was the chaplain on a detox rehab unit. And it was my job to get these recovering, hopefully recovering, newly uh, landed in the floor. And sometimes they landed on our floor because the judge put them there. Get them convinced that life without their drug of choice would be better than life with their drug of choice. And uh, you may remember last week I told you the story of the the motorcycle gang member who had the patch on his jacket. And he, it said WWJD because he thought it meant who wants Jack Daniels? Well, when I was on the floor, it was my job to convince these people to change their life and change their perspective. And we would talk about where do you hang out? Now think about this. What if we define church as a group of people with similar interests similar needs, wants, and a similar purpose. Well, then we would be here because we love Jesus. Jesus died for us, and our job is to share that. Where do alcoholics go to church? They go to a place with similar interests, right? Similar needs, similar wants, and a similar purpose. Where do golfers hang out? Do you see where we're going here? Where do gym rats hang out? Or where is it that your heart is? Where do you go to hang out with people of like interest to you? And as we talked about this, you could see the light bulbs begin to click. Now, I want you to know that there's 168 hours in a week. And I don't know why your pastor knows that, but that's a number I know. And many of us have a day job, and you might work 40 or 50 hours at your day job, and you drive back and forth. So we'll give you 60 hours for work. Now you're down to 108 hours. Who likes to sleep? Raise your hand. I like to sleep. Seven times eight when I was a kid is 56. Is it still 56? I hope so. So now you've got 52 hours left, 108 minus 56. You got... 52 hours left. I don't know if you know this, but we are told that most people watch 30 to 40 hours of television a week. That's scary, but it's... And they're also adding to that the screen time. We're doing this with our thumbs or on our tablets. But even if you watched 40 hours of TV a week, and I don't recommend that, you still got 10 hours left. What do you do with that 10 hours? Are you reading the word? Are you praying? Are you sharing the gospel? Are you golfing? Are you drinking? Are you smoking? What are you filling in with the extra time? That's what we want to talk about today. Because, uh, well, Vicki and I were watching a Hallmark movie last night, and one of the most awkward Hallmark movie scenes I've ever seen was the heroine, who, of course, is falling in love with the handsome guy in the country with the flannel shirt, right? She's got a... FaceTime, she can see the boyfriend in the city, and he says, I love you, and she turned off the phone. See, when somebody says, I love you, you're supposed to say, I love you back, or ditto, or something. There, there's supposed to be a response. 
For God loved the world this much that he gave his only begotten son. What are you giving back? Well, back to the idea of Jack Daniels. And no, your pastor is not focused on whiskey. But I want you to think about this. You can only buy whiskey in certain places. And the better whiskey costs more money. And if you've ever met somebody who likes good whiskey, they like to talk about it. It's part of their conversation. Uh, I believe it's Matthew wrote, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if it's Friday afternoon and you've got an hour worth of work yet, they're already planning where they're going to go, what they're going to get, how they're going to do it, and with whom they're going to do it. And then I have to ask, do we as believers plan our Christian walk as carefully as some of those other people plan their trip to the golf course, the bar, the fill in the blank? Or even the people who just plan to Netflix and chill, which also costs money and you can only do in certain places. What is your response to God's love for you? Now, let's pick on Nicodemus a little bit. Not really. I want you to think about this. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he had devoted his life to following the law of God. Now, when you think about it, if you're going to choose a purpose for your life, following the law of God is not a bad way to go. And we're told from from scholars, that there were 613 laws that a Pharisee agreed to follow. What he wore, what he ate, when he worked, when he didn't work, what constituted work, where he prayed, how he sacrificed, these were all done to a very strict prescription of rules so that if you were his next-door neighbor, you knew that he was a Pharisee because of the way he lived his life and spent his time and resources. Now I got to tell you, I'm a little bit worried. Because this man who devoted his life to following what he believed to be the rules of God still felt unfulfilled enough that he went to Jesus in the cover of darkness to ask some questions. And one of his questions really is, why isn't this enough? I'm doing what the book says, or what I've been taught the book says. Why isn't this enough? And why are you telling all these stories about seeds and sand and, and fathers and sons running away, and people are rushing to you, and I'm doing the word of God, and in essence, my church is empty. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit confused by Jesus' answer. Because here's a man, heartfelt, concern, who has devoted his life into something that Jesus would say was sort of the wrong thing. And he gives him this really confusing answer. It's got snakes, it's got water, it's got spirit. He's got to be born again. And poor Nicodemus is doing more head scratching now than he did before he got there. So there's three things I want you to take away from this. And the first one is this. Remember when he talked about the serpent on the, the cross? Remember the people of God were disobedient. And, and it's fun because when you get to preach, you get to pick on those old-timey people of God who were disobedient. Guess what? 
The new-timey people of God are just as disobedient as the old-timey people of God, except we now have the internet and we could sin privately where they had to do it publicly. But people are sick and dying and they need a cure. And for the people in the time of Moses, the cure was to look at the serpent on the cross. For the people who are sinful and dying today, they need to look at an empty cross. Message number one, Jesus says, is stop looking at the wrong thing. Look at the right thing. Look at what God has given for you. The second thing he says, and I want you to hear this because uh, this is like grandchildren weekend for us. I got to hold the preemies on uh, Friday. I had Joel in my right hand. He's up to 10 pounds. And I had Juniper in my left. She's up to seven. And they don't really do anything except look at you. So I decided to sing to them. We had a nice little time while mom got their dinner ready. And then yesterday we visited Noah and Emma, who are a little bit older and a lot more active. We are both a little bit exhausted. But have you ever thought about that? You have to start over with every child. They don't come out of the womb conversant. They can't dress themselves. They can't clean themselves. They can't change themselves. And I got to tell you, I was there for one of the changings on Friday. And I, I mean, it's been 30 years since I had a baby. And I was like, woo, <laughs> that is a unique smell that I thought I had completely forgotten. Right? You got to start all the way over and hear what Jesus says to Nicodemus. If you're going to embark on this Christian walk, and he didn't have it called a Christian walk yet because he hadn't died, but that's the idea. If you're going to start this life, you're going to have to learn everything all over again. What does that look like? That looks like your Methodist trained pastor learning how to be a Baptist. And sometimes you just got to put your arm around my shoulder and go, well, pastor, we don't do it that way. Sometimes I call Eric, the area minister, and he laughs. He goes, uh, that's a Methodist question. We don't do it that way. But you know what? I'm learning. You're learning. We're walking the road together. And he says, Nicodemus, you're going to have to put all of that focus on the 613 laws away and start over. Point number one, sick and dying people need to look at the right thing. And when they look at the right thing, then they've got to keep focused on that and literally learn everything over. And then, you know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 3, 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. I, I almost look forward to when I'm talking to a non-believer and they go, if God is a loving God, why does he send people to hell? And I get to say, God is a loving God, and he gave people a way out of hell. We all deserve to go, right? The wages of sin is death, the gift of God. For all have sinned and fall short. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God is not sending us to hell. God is giving us a ladder out. One of my favorite ways to share the gospel of teens is that Booklet, the, the bridge to heaven with man on one side and God on the other and the big chasm of sin. And Jesus is the, the bridge to heaven. So then if we know all that, what is our challenge today? 
Well, I have a quote here from E. Stanley Jones, and he said, we inoculate the world with a mild form of Christianity so that it will become immune to the real thing. The aim of such inoculation is security. Not security in Christ, but security from Christ and from having to rely on him in the shape of his kingdom to give meaning and significance to others. We're spreading our attention, our resources, our time, our money, our commitment too thin and to go back to the beginning into too many different churches. Nicodemus is being told, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to put all that aside and focus on one church. Jesus today is asking each of you to choose. His message to Nicodemus is as powerful today as it was then. One of my favorite hymns is, I love to tell the story. For those who love it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. But what about the people who have never heard the old, old story? Are we really calling people to be born again, to start a new, a different, a holy, a committed, and costly life? Or are we giving them the opportunity to say, I went to church, I gave something, I'm covered for the week. The old-time preachers used to call it selling fire insurance, right? Go to church, buy some fire insurance, uh, turn or burn is about where we're headed, right? Fry or fly. You know, my kids and I used to make up uh, two-word messages. Those are two of my favorites. And no, Nicodemus, he says, if you're going to do this, you've got to look in the right direction. You've got to put the rules aside and learn everything over. And then you need to remember that God is a saving God and not a condemning God. Here's where the rubber of God's love for us meets the road of spiritual reality. God gave, God came, God died, God loved. Why? Because he wants to save us. So then what is your response? As we celebrate the Lord's Supper, remembering the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. If God says, I love you, what are you saying back? Make today the day that you choose to believe that Jesus died for you and live daily for him. Make today the day that you clean your spiritual house and commit to one church regardless of the cost. We talked about that last week. Take the pledge. Take the CE pledge. Take the what would Jesus do pledge. Take the Matthew 28 pledge. But say, this is the day that I am going to focus on the things that are truly important. And thirdly, if you need prayer for an issue or a challenge, our first pew after we sing, blessed be the tie that binds, will be open for prayer. And our deacons and our pastors would love the opportunity to pray with you. Amen.